Heavenly Father, I just come to you now, and I just thank you for being the awesome and loving and caring God that you are. Lord, we we ask that you would fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that you would empty this vessel of itself. And Lord, you would fill him with your Holy Spirit to be able to feed your sheep, tend to them, and water them. We do pray for Pastor Bill. We ask that you give him a spit of recovery. But help him, Lord, to be able to rest upon you. As I ask, Lord, that we would do the same here. We do pray for the ones that have lost their lives to, to, for the freedom of this country. Now, as we go through Ruth, Lord, help us to see the very freedom that you have for our lives through your son, Jesus. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just take this time, make it your own, and just glorify your name. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 3 of Ruth. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, who was, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is windling barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in and uncover his feet. Lie down and he will tell you what you should do. Then she said to her, all that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lay down at the end of the heap of grains and she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there a woman was laying at his feet. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness in the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear, I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay the night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. Let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, let down, lay down until morning. So she laid at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephods of barley and laid it on her. 
Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six, six ephods of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. That sounds like the Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> letting his church know that, hey, you rest. You take your time and wait. So let's see what happens in this and how it applies to us. Naomi instructs Ruth, security for Ruth through a kinsman. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he, is he not our relatives? There's two questions in there. And one is saying, is he not our relatives? And the other one is, is saying that, I, shall I not seek? For you, that it may be well with you. Security. How many of us desire to actually have security? With time and days today, that doesn't look very joyful or good. Our security is basically taken away. And yet God is saying here, Naomi is telling Ruth, he says, you know, I said, should I not seek security for you? Can I find a way to be able to actually for you to be taken care of? Then Naomi said, her mother-in-law said, The time of the harvest is over. And certainly Ruth and Boaz had been around each other much in the weeks covering the barley and the wheat harvest. This is in Ruth 2.23. It says, So she stayed close to the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. They had much opportunity then to get to know each other. So now we're seeing Boaz and Ruth coming to know who they are. But they're not doing it in a way that we think is dating. He said, however, according to the customs of the day, we can't say that Ruth and Boaz were dating in the way we think of dating in our modern culture. They are not paired off as a couple with one-on-one time with each other. Rather, they spent time together in a context of a group. Now, for Christians, that should really hit home. Because sometimes... Being by yourselves, thinking that you can withstand the temptations that come with dating someone, it can lead you to a lot of complications. And this is a beautiful picture of knowing that they're willing to be able to spend time in a group for other people to watch and see what are their reactions to one another. 
So they spend time together in a complex of, of a group, men and women who work for Boaz, Boaz in, the, in the harvest. From God's perspective, there is much in the dating game that works against forming healthy relationships, lasting relationships. For many people, dating means continue making and breaking up casual romantic relationships, patterns that teach us more how to end relationships than how to make them last. And that brings us to the point that we are married to God. And our relationship to Him should be in like manner. Our conduct to Him should be reflected. When we go out in this world, whether it be the work that we do, the places that we're going to shop, the people that we meet should be able to look at us as his people and say, Christ is in you. And what you have, I desire. And sometimes we don't do that. But he still loves us and he'll still hold on to us. Initially, dating can be a relative superficial way to get to know someone. Each person in a dating relationship tends to put a mask for the other. For example, many women have been deceived into thinking a man is good, nice man because he is nice to them in a dating relationship. Of course, he is. Often, he's nice because he wants something in that dating relationship. A better gauge to measure the man and woman is to see how they, re, they act toward others in a group setting. Because sooner or later, that is how they're going to treat you. And that's how the world reacts. Right? So over the period of the harvest, Ruth and Boaz got to know each other pretty well by seeing what kind of people the others was around a large group. He said, I seek not, I seek not security. Shall I not seek security for you? Naomi knew Ruth could best be taken care of if she was married. So she suggested that she appeal to Boaz for marriage. The Hebrew word for security in, a, in verse 1 is the same word for rest in Ruth 1.9. Where Naomi hoped that their, her, their daughters-in-law would find rest and security in the home of a new husband. And this is in chapter 1. And that's where Ruth made a decision to follow Naomi and follow her God and her people. In her ways. Now Boaz, is he not a relative? One, one might easily think that this was improperly forward of Naomi to suggest to Ruth. Is it possible to think that Naomi plotted with Ruth to make a, her a man trap to go out and hunt down a reluctant Boaz for marriage? No. <laughs> He's looking at Ruth 
and saying, you're going to need someone to take care of you. And that's how God is. He said, you know, you need someone to watch over you. You need someone that can, that knows about you, cares about you, and loves you. And I want to be that provider for you. So when you give your life to Christ, he's right there. He's that Boaz. He's that redeemer in your life that you need. No matter what kind of struggles you're going through, he understands. And this is what we as Christians need to really bring into our hearts. Not at all, Naomi suggested to Ruth was a root in the particular custom in ancient Israel by meaning behind the Hebrew word goel. This was a point in Naomi's question about Boaz. Is he not a relative? She reminded Ruth that Boaz was their family goel. The goel sometimes translate kingsman redeemer had a specifically defined role in Israel's family life. The kingsman redeemer was responsible to buy a fellow Israelite out of slavery in Leviticus 25:48. He was responsible to be the avenger of blood to make sure that the murder of a family member answered to the crime in Numbers 35:19. He was responsible to buy back family land that had been forfeit in Leviticus 25.25. And he was responsible to carry on the family name by marrying a childless widow in Deuteronomy 25.5-10. That was the responsibility of the kingdom's redeemer. And Christ did that. He has done that for each one of us. And he is our kingsman's redeemer. And he has a right to be able to do exactly what he wants to with the very life that belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. It's his. And when a Christian is struggling, God is listening. And when you're going through troubles, He's right there, and all he's asking, can we talk? Won't you inquire of me for instructions? Won't you come to me and let me take care of you? All I want you to do is rest, and I'll handle this for you. But there's got to be changes within each one of us to be able to actually allow him to do that. And this is what you're seeing. You're seeing Boaz being, like Jesus, a kingman's redeemer for Ruth. In this, we see that the Goel, the kingman's redeemer, was responsible to safeguard the person, the property, the prosperity of family. Words from the root GL are used with very, a variety of meaning in the Old Testament but fundamental idea that of fulfilling one's obligation as a kingsman. That comes from Morris. 
is that is he not our relative? Since Boaz was recognized was a recognized Goel for the family of Elimelech, the deceased husband of Naomi, the father-in-law of Ruth, Ruth could appeal to him to safeguard the prosperity of Elimelech's family and take her in marriage. It may seem too forward to us, but it was regarded as, a proper, as proper in that day. Boaz did not, will not, did not fulfill this duty toward Elimelech, though he was not now deceased, then the direct family and name of Elimelech would perish. Prosecuting the family name of Elimelech and every man in Israel was thought to be an important duty. These protections show how important it was to God to preserve the institution of the family in Israel, and that is also important to him today. But the way the world is going, that's less and less that you hear that. There's more and more about breaking up the home, breaking up the marriage. And that's sad for a country that was raised by God to serve him. If Boaz did okay, let me see today. Naomi instructed Ruth as to how to petition Boaz to exercise his responsibility as a, as a goel. In fact, he was windling barley tonight in the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. Do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go down in and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. And Ruth says to her mother-in-law, she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Therefore, watch yourself. Naomi, in her advice to Ruth, showed a keen knowledge of male behavior. She instructed Ruth to make herself pretty and smelling good. Anointing yourself, put on your best garment, and to leave Boaz alone while he eats. Do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And then she's supposed to lie down uncover his feet and lie down. At the appropriate time, Naomi instructed Ruth to go in and uncover his feet and lie down. Some might think that this was an appropriate gesture, as if Ruth were to improductively offer yourself sexually to Boaz. This was not how this gesture was understood in that day. In culture of that day, this was understood as an act of total submission. How many of us have ever gotten to the point where you have to lay down at Jesus' feet? The very things that you have that are on your heart and mind, that are troubling. But you come and lay at his feet and you tell him exactly what you're going through. You're inquiring of God and asking him to be able to fulfill the very things that he said he would do for you. 
And then out of love, he responds and says, I'll do this. And I'll do it because I love you. And sometimes we forget exactly what kind of love Jesus has for us. We look at things around us and those are the things that we think more of. But yet when it comes to actually picking up his word and reading it, taking time to be able to pray and ask him for things that are on your heart that he knows of, and yet we falter at those things that he said, this is what I want you to do. You know, I learned on my walk with the Lord that the only thing that God ever wanted from me was obedience. And obedience is kind of hard to do. Because you want your way. And you're looking at yourself and saying, I can do this. I can handle it. Well, that's what I thought for a long time. But then I found out and said, I can't. I can't handle this. I need someone to come alongside of me and show me what to do. The best way that I learn anything is by someone coming alongside of me and showing me. I only have a 12th grade education. But yet God uses that to be able to actually convey a message to them that God loves them. He takes a person that couldn't stand before people and speak to speak. It takes a shy little guy from Tucson, Arizona that you love to run and say, it's time for you to slow down and just sit still before me. <laughs> and sometimes that's how we are. We want to rush here, do this, and God is saying, let's tone it down a bit. Let's talk. In that day, this was understood to be the role of a servant, a, to lay at the master's feet and to be ready for any command of the master. So when Naomi told Ruth to lie down at Boaz's feet, he told her to come to him in total, totally humble, submissive way. Do not lose sight of the large picture. Ruth came to claim a right. Boaz was her goel her kinsman's redeemer, and she had the right to expect him to marry her and raise up a family to procure the name of Elimelech. But Naomi wisely counseled Ruth to not come as a victim demanding her rights, but as a humble servant, trusting the goodness of her kinsman's redeemer. She said to Boaz, I respect you. I trust you, and I put my faith in your hands. Have we ever said those words to God? Have we ever come to him and say, you know, say I trust you with it? Well, that lasts about two or three minutes. <laughs> and then we try to handle it ourselves. I remember that one time we bought a car, a hybrid, from Toyota, 
and Toyota called me and said, we want your hybrid. And me thinking, oh, it's a 2012 to a 2015. That sounds pretty good. So I talked to Minda, my wife. And when we were at the dealer trying to get everything together, Minda says, I don't think we should do this. And me, not being a Boaz, <laughs> but being myself, said, no, no, I think we should, we should go through that. Lesson learned. <laughs> My lesson was, you dummy, you're back in debt. <laughs> and now you have something to witness to you for that move, your car. So every day, it reminded me of the mistake that I made by not listening to the one that God gave me that had a little bit more wisdom than I did. We have paid off that car completely. And when Toyota called me up again, they said, Hey, we want your hybrid. I said, No. (laughs) No, you don't. What you want me is to get back in debt. I'm not going to do it. I learned my lesson. (laughs) And I am grateful for having the wife that I have to be able to point that out to me. And this is what we're seeing here. Respect. A wife has to respect her husband. We're not asking for a lot. We're just asking you to respect us. Now the husband has to love the wife. The wife has to submit. And what God has showed me in those verses in Ephesians is that, one, as a husband, I need to submit to God in order to learn to love my wife. If I don't do that, how can I love her if I can't love God in that manner? If I'm not submissive to God, she's not going to be submissive to me, and I can't blame her. But I still love her. And I still care for who she is. And that's how God is with me. And with you. He loves you. And he is your kingsman's redeemer. He is your provider. He's the one that can take care of things for you. There's nothing that he cannot take care of. Said so he will tell you what to do. What you should do. Of course, this is a situation that had... Potential for disaster if Boaz should mistreat Ruth in some way. But Naomi and Ruth had chance to get to know Boaz, and they knew what kind of man he was, a good man, a godly man, one of whom Ruth could confidently submit. In the marriage relationship, husbands wish they had a wife who submitted to them, by the way, Ruth is being told to do here. But, but do they provide the kind of godly leadership, care, and concern that Boaz showed toward Ruth and others? Now, this points to the husbands. If you're not married, it points to you and God. Is your character that way? And if it's not, 
then there has to be a change. And God wants to do that change. In, in marriage, okay. But do they know, show the same kind of humble submission and respect? In marriage relationship, many wives wish that her husband had loved them and cared and treated them the way Boaz did toward Ruth. Now this goes toward the wife. But do they show the same kindness of humble submission and respect Ruth showed to Boaz? See, it's not that God wants a relationship with you in a sense of saying, well, you're going to get your way. No, what he's saying, let's talk together. I'm your husband. You're my wife. You're the church, and I love you. But you know, you've got to give me the opportunity to be able to actually minister to you. So all I'm asking is you respect me as your king's redeemer, as your God, as your savior, as your Lord. Understand that I love you and I care for you and I want to take care of you, but I cannot do it without you respecting who I am. And do it humbly, not harshly. You know. In all that you say to me, I will do. Ruth humbly and wisely receive the counsel of her mother-in-law. On the, on the whole, we must say that not, had not Boaz been a person of integrity, pity, pursuit, and conceit, this experiment might have been, a fatal, been fatal to Ruth. We cannot easily account for this transaction. Probably Naomi knew more than she revealed to her daughter-in-law. The experiment, however, was dangerous and should in no sense be admitted. This is from Clark. Let none be discouraged hereby to enter into God's ordinance through the devil's petrol, lest them smart and smoke for it. That's trap. Ruth lay down at Boaz's feet. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drank, his heart was cheerful. He lay down and at the end of the heap a grain, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. He went to lay down at the end of the heap of grain. There was a good reason why Boaz slept at the threshing floor. These were the days of the judges when there was much political and social intimidation, intimidation, instability in Israel. It, was, it wasn't un, unusual for gangs of thieves to come and steal all the hard-earned grain a farmer had grown. So Boaz slept at the threshing floor to guard his crop against the kind of attacks described in 1 Samuel 23. You know the story of Gideon is in a cave. <laughs> and, God, and God sends an angel and says, Oh, you mighty man of valor. In a cave, he's called a man of valor. 
And this is the reason that Boaz was at the threshing floor. Because people would be coming to try and take the grain that they had worked so hard for. Okay? They just finished the harvest. And I'm sure the other tribes that are around there, like the Philistines. Lord, help this lady. Control her cough. Oh, we thank you for being here, Lord. And Father, we... He takes this and ends up looking at these tribes that would be coming to actually take away something they worked so hard for. Now, our walk with Christ is that way. You're working so hard every day. Read his word. Come to church. Get in a Bible study. You're doing all these things that God wants you to do. And the enemy is right there to snatch it out and tell you, "Ah, you're just a wicked sinner. God doesn't love you. And we need to look at this and say, no, he does love me. And he does care for me. And you know what? Take a hike. (laughs) I'm going to follow Jesus. Then they, in 1 Samuel 23, 1, it says, Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kildash, and they are robbing the threshing floor. This is what Psalm, 1 Samuel 23 says. She softly came to, softly came, she came softly. Ruth did not, just as her mother-in-law, Naomi, recommended, and she heard the advice, and she said she would do it, and she did it. Sometimes God tells us to do things. And we don't do them. Okay? That could have happened today. <laughs> I could have said no. And then Pastor Bill would have to look for someone else. Okay? But God always has somebody to fill the gap. Right? So always understand that there's something that God wants you to do and he's only asking you to do it because there's a purpose behind that. And when you are obedient to that call, you will see what he has in store for you. Otherwise, you miss out. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there a woman was laying at his feet and said, Who are you? (laughs) So he answered and said, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative. It happened at midnight. The man was startled. This was an amazing scene. We can tell, well, uh, amazed that Boaz was indeed startled, waking up at night as he turned in his sleep, knowing that someone was out there, but not being able to see clearly because of the darkness of the sleep in his eyes. Do you have that experience? <laughs> you know somebody's there, but you can't see him. This happens with me and my wife quite a while. 
I go to the restroom, I come in, I said, how'd you get in here? <laughs> Not that I'm trying to scare her, don't, don't take it as that. <laughs> it just happens. Since both of us had been there to protect against these, it must have been, it must have given him quite a shock to wake up to know someone was there, but his shock quickly turned to wondering when he found out that the visitor was a woman. Now take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Ruth identified herself and made a simple request. In the beginning with the words, take your maidservant, Ruth again showed great humility and submission. She presented herself as Boaz's servant. And that's what God wants from us. Just to be a servant. Just to come and serve him. Under your wing, here he, she boldly asked Boaz to take her in marriage. The phrase can also be translated as spread the corner of your garment over me. And this was culturally relevant way to say, I am a widow, take me as your wife. The spreading of the skirt over a widow was a way of claiming her as a wife is intested in, in among Arabs of the early days. Joan says it still exists among some modern Arabs. This is Morris. Even to the present day, when a Jew marries a woman, he throws the skirt or the end of his tongues over her to signify that he has taken her under his protection. In Ezekiel 16, 8, God uses the same terminology in relation to Israel. I spread my wing over you and cover your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and enter into a covenant with you and, become, and you become mine, says the Lord God. Now, with those words, it also speaks to us as Christians. That's what God does. He takes you under the shadow of his wings. And he covers you to protect you. And he watches over you. The only example that I really got is I own 20 chickens. And some of them had little chicks. <laughs> okay, And... It's amazing to see that when they start hatching, you see little heads coming out. <laughs> but they pop back in. And he said, oh, there's one. No, 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 there's two. <laughs> you know? And you keep counting the little heads as they come out. And that's exactly how God wants it. We look around at this world, we see how evil and, and disrupted it is. And God's saying, you stay just under my wing. Stay right there. You're in the best spot. Don't you move. <laughs> you know? Because when one comes out, that hand will take the beak and draw that little chick back in. And that's how we want to be with God. We want it to be drawn right back in to his protection, to his provision. For the very things that he wants to do for us. 
It says, under your wing here, she boldly asked, he asked Boaz to take her in marriage. The phrase, I think I went through this. This is, yes I did, sorry. For you are a close relative. This shows that this was not an inappropriate thing for Ruth to do toward Boaz. It was bold. It was, but not inappropriate. Ruth understood this as she identified Boaz as her close relative. Literally, you are a, you are a goel, a kingsman's redeemer. Though deceased, Elimelech had the right to have his family name carry on as a goel. Boaz had the responsibility to do this for Elimelech. This could not could only happen through Boaz marrying Ruth and providing children to carry the name of Elimelech. Both Ruth boldly, yet humbly and properly, sought her right. Okay, I got about five minutes. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness in the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, after poor or rich, or how, and now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. People, people knew. Now, do people know that we belong to God? (laughs) How do we react in the world? We'll show them exactly who Jesus is. Said, Blessed are you, my daughter, you did not go after young men. Uh, Apparently, there was a considerable age between Ruth and Boaz. It also seems that because of this, Boaz considered himself unattractive to Ruth and had therefore ruled out any idea of a romance between them. This shows something else wonderful about Boaz. He had the right to force himself upon Ruth as her goel, but he did not. He wasn't going to just say, there is a woman I want, and have her by right. He was kind enough to not act as goel toward Ruth unless she desired it. Now that brings us to our time of relationship with Christ. Christ isn't going to force himself on no one. He's going to wait for you to open up your heart to him. I was given an illustration that there's a doorknob on the door of your heart. And it's on the inside, not the outside. But Jesus is on the outside knocking at your door. And nobody can open it except you. And this is what Boaz is waiting for. He's waiting. He knows he's the goel. But he's saying, you know what? I want you to desire that. And if God is speaking to you this morning, and you haven't made that relationship with him, or that commitment to him, do it. And the reason for it is because you're not going to know how much of a provider and love and mercy and grace he has for you until you do. And when you do, and if you've done that, then it's time to hold on to his hand and say, Lord, where are we going and what are we doing? 
and God will show you. It has also shown something else wonderful about Ruth. She based her attraction to Boaz more on respect than an image or appearance. Tragically, many people, many people fall in love with an image or appearance rather than with the person we can really respect. I will do for you all that you request. Boaz made Naomi look brilliant in her advice to Ruth. The plan worked perfectly. All the people of the town know you that you are a virtuous woman. Boaz was also attracted to Ruth because of her character. We don't really know how Ruth looked, but we do know that she was a woman of godly character. Literally, Boaz called Ruth a Yell woman, basically meaning behind this Hebrew word is strength, moral strength, good quality, integrity, and virtue. The same word is used in the terms of heroes in the Bible. A mighty man of valor, just as courage and strength make a man a hero, so Ruth's courage and strength showed in her virtue, made her a hero. In Proverbs 31, kind of definition of a woman of virtue. Read that proverb. Now, it is true that I am close, a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of the close relative for you, Good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives, lay down until morning. Apparently, though Boaz was a recognized Goel toward Ruth, there was another Goel closer in relation to her deceased father-in-law, Elimelech. So Boaz could not exercise his right as king's man redeemer unless the this closer kingsman redeemer relinquishes right toward Ruth. If you do not want to perform the duty for me, if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. Wonderfully, Boaz wasn't willing to cut corners. He would do God's will. God's way, he knew that if it was really of the Lord, then it, would, it could be orderly and in, and in a proper way. So she lay down at his feet until morning, and then she rose before one could recognize another, and then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And also he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when he, she held it, he measured six ephods of barley and laid it on her. And then she went into the city, do not let it be known. Boaz and Ruth were not trying to hide anything Scandalous! It was just that Boaz did not want this near kinsman to learn that Ruth was now demanding her right to marry to a Goel before Boaz could tell him personally. He measured six ephahs of barley as a proper gentleman. Boaz did not send Ruth home empty-handed, not having any chocolates. <laughs> he gave her six handfuls of grain. 
the added word ephod is almost certainly incorrect that it would be more than 33 gallons of grain more than Ruth could carry home in her shelf. And there's something that David Cossack added and that was that these six ephods of barley more than it would be six pious men that would descend from her endowed with six spiritual gifts. One is David, the other one is Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Ezra, and the Messiah. Now, how true that is, the only place I could find it was with Matthew Henry. Okay? But that's pretty amazing that six men, spiritual men, would be actually be coming from this virtuous woman. And one of them is our Redeemer. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So Ruth tells her mother-in-law, Naomi, all that happened. So when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then he, she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six, six ephods of barley she gave me. For he said, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter. God doesn't rest, nor does he slumber or sleep. And that's exciting that our Lord is wide awake, knowing that one day, we're going to be with him. And that should turn our hearts to home and say, Lord, I look for that day <laughs> when you call me home with anticipation. Sit still, my daughter. The man will not rest until he has concluded the matter. This was a time of considerable anxiety for Ruth. She had claimed her right to marry and would be married. The only question was to whom we should be married. And that's a question for each one of you. To whom are you married to? If you're married to God, praise God. If you don't know him, come to him. This is a relationship that God wants. He doesn't want a religion with you. He wants a relationship with you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for taking us to the book of Ruth in chapter 3. Lord, help us to have a relationship like Boaz and Ruth have toward one another. Let your relationship with us, Lord, grow daily. We ask, Father, that you bless your people, that you would watch over them and take care of them, that you would provide for them the very things that they need. Lord, even through troubled times and even through storms in our lives, Lord, we we would feel your presence and feel your hand. Lord, we do pray that you actually comfort those that have lost loved ones serving this country. And we ask, Father, that you would show them the same love that you have showed us. Continue to uphold us and continue to draw us closer. 
And we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.